If you have a prayer card, please put my name on it. <laughs> but uh, we will collect those this morning. And uh, as soon as I get organized here, we are very much hopeful that uh, the sound quality on our online streaming has improved dramatically over the course of this week. So we've for those watching online, if that's the case, please let us know. Give us thumbs up, complimentary comments. Um, we had people come and just needed a software upgrade, you know, and apparently that, that fixed everything. So also if you don't have a uh, communion cup, if you pick, didn't pick one of those up on the way in, you can do that now. So it's your reminder. So... Uh, One of the things we, I don't think we mentioned at um, Vision Sunday last, last week, and uh, just a reminder, if you were not here for Bible class where the elders uh, shared their, their thoughts, uh, there is a video of that available, so uh, if you uh, would like that link, we can, we can send that to you. Uh, but uh, we didn't mention Harmony Sunday, uh, which is, is coming up, and if you picked up one of the calendars last week, because I don't, it's end of April, the second half of April, um, we, we had to, we moved it, because Easter is very close to where we usually have it, uh, but I'm excited this year to be getting back on schedule, we're bringing in a, uh, a guest speaker that I've been trying to, to get since COVID started, so uh, <laughs> I've been working with him, I, I said to him, uh, this, this time when I approached him, I said, all right, this is our last time. <laughs> I says, make or break, you know, it's been like four years or something and we've been trying to, trying to make it work and um, so we're, we've, we've moved the date back about a month and, uh, but I, I think it'll be good. So the speaker is going to be Nick Dunbar, uh, he spoke to us a couple of times, at least once, maybe twice during, um, during COVID, I know one of our Wednesday nights uh, I recorded a sort of a discussion with him. And he is a part of the um, one of the one of the acapella singing groups that we whose name has just slipped my mind at this moment. But uh, they uh, are doing a lot of new songs and putting out some really really good material. And uh, I was just telling Ernest we were playing them before our worship on the on the way, and we used a lot of their songs in our videos during during COVID. So uh, he is from Houston. He's going to be going to be flying in, spending the weekend with us. Uh, because his skill set is not, um, I mean, he'll be speaking on Sunday morning, but his, his ministry is music. And so rather than doing our workshop, you know, we've had like roundtable conversations on different topics, you know, about school challenges in schools or um, other life experiences on the Saturday night. This, this year we'll do a uh, singing workshop. Um, so I'm hoping he'll bring us a couple, at least a couple of new songs that we can, we can work on and learn. And uh, we'll open that up to other congregations. Uh, I'm still working out details. Don't know if we'll have our usual concert the, after, after the lunch, but we'll have worship. We'll have our uh, multicultural lunch. And, um, and if we don't have a, a concert as we've had in the past, we'll at least share the songs that were um, prepared 
the day before. So, uh, and I don't know if it'll just be, it might be a Friday night, Saturday night, or just Saturday. Well, details to be figured. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be something a little, little different. And, uh, and so I hope that you'll uh, stay tuned for the announcements and for getting involved and uh, uh, double check that date. The, the yellow, little yellow calendars down there by the entrance when you come in have most of our dates on for the year. I always tell you, we're writing that calendar in January and uh, those dates are liable to change, but uh, it's a good, good starting point. So <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know if this changes as we go along. Okay, we are uh, in the fruit of the spirit, and if you can just get me started, oh, go back. Thank you. So, uh, fruit of the spirit is our sermon series at the at the moment, and I was really tempted, you know, to sort of um, give us all an exercise in fruit of the spirit this morning. Yeah. We'll start five minutes late, or maybe I'll just sit on the front row for like five minutes and we'll all just sit here in silence and, and see who can handle it and who can't and see how our fruit of the Spirit's doing, um, because our fruit of the Spirit today is, is patience, right? No big surprise. If you're following along in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, you kind of know what the sermon's going to be this week, next week, and the week after. Um, but I think God, you know, sort of has a sense of humor and has had me chasing my tail all morning, rushing here and rushing there, trying to fix things and computers not working. And, uh, and so I, I've been challenged in my patience, you know, just getting here today. So uh, this sermon's for me as much as, as much as anyone else. Now, I don't want to start a, a competition about when I was a child, okay? Um, I'm younger than some of you, I'm older than some of you, and we all, you know, have that experience. And so, when I was a child, though, <clears throat> computers were starting to appear. I know, some of you want to tell me about slide rules and never heard of a calculator when I was... All right, I get it, I get it. But when I was a child, computers were just starting to appear. And the only thing that... that I used computers for, or that I knew anyone used computers for, was playing games. <clears throat> um, I, I'm sure they tried to tell my parents that they were somehow educational or would be productive, you know, for typing or something, but they were for games. We all knew that. And uh, I didn't have a computer for quite a while, but my friend across the road did. Uh, the computer just plugged into the television in their lounge room, so when his uh, mother was not watching Days of Our Lives or whatever it was, uh, we were able to get the, uh, to use the computer to play, play games. And the, the, the games, the programs would come on a cassette tape, okay? And um, one day, kids, you'll see these in museums. Um, but the, the cassette tape would go into the, you know, you would just play it. It was plugged into the computer. And so we would choose the game, put the cassette in, and then we would go outside and play on the trampoline for 20 minutes or ride our bikes for half an hour as the computer got everything it needed off that tape to enable the game to work. And uh, we'd come back in after whatever it was that we'd been doing outside and we'd be able to, to play and, and enjoy. But then... If we said, oh, I don't like this game, let's try another one, 
That was going to be another 20, 30 minutes you know, <laughs> before we could move on to the next one. So uh, that was a little problematic. But these days, that was then. What's it like now? Sometimes I move my mouse and the arrow on my screen doesn't move. I'm like, do I need a new computer? <laughs> Is it just the batteries? Maybe I need a software update. Do I turn it off and on again? Will that fix it? Because there is a serious problem. There's a lag between my mouse and the, and the arrow. And uh, I can't do it quickly enough. Or, and so things become problematic very quickly, don't they? If our technology, if our phones don't work exactly the way that we think they should or as quickly as we think that they should. Isn't it interesting how our expectations have changed? It's interesting how our expectations have changed. And, and we think of that in terms of technology and the development and the advances of technology. But let me ask this. How about in our attitudes? Was I more patient as a 12-year-old willing to wait 20 minutes for a blocky game to appear on the television? Or am I more patient now when my phone seems to, that app just doesn't come up quickly enough or connect to the cell tower quickly enough? And, and it takes about five seconds and, and I'm like, you know, chomping at the bit. Right? What has happened to my attitude? Have I, become, have, have I become a more patient person or a less patient person? Has, has that influenced? Has technology influenced who I am as a person? What about uh, something, maybe you all don't play f games on your phone, but uh, what, about, what about Amazon or ordering products? Everybody buys something online at some point, right? Does it make a difference if it's going to be here in a week or if it's going to be here tomorrow? How much more are we willing to pay for something to be here tomorrow rather than in a week? Because a week is a really long time for something to come that I ordered today, right? Now, I know somebody here has ordered something from a Sears catalog at some point in their life. Right? How long did that take to get to you? You see, and so our expectations change, and as our expectations change, I think our attitudes change. That we become a less patient people because we expect everything now. But patience is a God thing. It's the fourth virtue that's described as a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, or as part of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, patience. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Um, and, and there's something interesting about these virtues. I think when we look at the first three, 
as a group. Love, joy, peace. Most people want those things. I want to experience love. I want to experience joy. And I want to experience peace. Now, when we think of it as a virtue, as we've talked about over the last three weeks, these are things that, yes, God gives us, they're, they're fruit that we get to experience. But it's very much about giving as well, right? We, we don't keep it to ourselves. And so we've, we've discussed that. But how about patience? Is patience something that people universally want? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do, but I don't know if everybody says, oh, yes, I want patience. Um, usually, I just want what I want when I want it. I would rather that the traffic on a weekday morning pass like the Red Sea and allow me to proceed to my destination without once needing to put my foot on the brake. Right? I would not really want to be patient. I want to get to where I'm going. I'd rather my restaurant food be delivered to my table promptly exactly as I ordered it. I'd rather have that than patience. I'd rather the Bills win a Super Bowl this year <laughs> than wait another year. I don't want to be patient. And, and so when God says, hey, I'll give you the gift of patience, you're like, how about you don't? How about you just give me what I'm patiently waiting for? And God says, no. I'll give you Patience. You see, it doesn't seem that patience benefits me in the same way that love, joy, and peace do. But it's a virtue that firstly benefits the people around me. In a sense, incorporating patience into my life means loving others, putting others First. It's no surprise then that the well-known passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that describes love begins the very first thing it says, love is patient. And the next one is love is kind. Okay, You can look ahead at the fruit of the Spirit there if you like. You'll see kind is going to show up as well. But love is patient. You see, it's about thinking of other people rather than ourselves. Patience also has to do with how we perceive and value our time. And uh, we have some proverbs in our culture that describe this. When someone else needs to wait, we tell them good things come to those who wait. All right. When we need something done, time is or money. Right? Time is money. You guys are so non-materialistic of the essence. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up if you said it's money. 
time is money. We've monetized time. Now, if our plumber that we're paying by the hour tells us to be patient, we might not appreciate that. Hey, that's Jesus' line, not yours. But if we view our relationships through that same lens, that time is money, I don't have time for that relationship, I'll give you five minutes, you know, if we are stingy with our time in our relationships, we're going to end up isolated. At the same time, we need wisdom, don't we, to decide when patience is appropriate. When we need to, to shift from being task-focused to being people-focused. Telling our boss to be patient as a deadline is just around the corner probably isn't wisdom, right? <laughs> boss, take a chill pill. Just be patient, okay? I'll get it there by Friday. I know the wet deadline's Wednesday, but I'll have it to you by Friday. Just be patient. It doesn't work, does it? Skipping some questions, though, on growth group sheets so that someone can talk about a struggle that they're having. Never coming back to those questions. That's patient. That's, that's putting the person first. That's appropriate to say, yeah, that's okay. We don't need to get to that particular place because something more important has come up. It's the right and the loving thing to do. So in general, while for us time is money, and we're not sure if we can afford to be patient, right? isn't it nice when other people show patience to us? When we're the one holding up the grocery checkout line as we fumble to find the correct change, or, or as the, the, the um, cashier has to call someone to to get a price check, and, and we're the ones right there making sure that price check is correct and that we haven't paid 15 cents more for that watermelon than, the, the, than it said on, the, on the, the sticker on the watermelon said, right? So it, when we're the ones making sure we save those 15 cents, that 15 cents, that time is worth that money. But for the person behind us, they'd rather give us 15 cents and get on out of here. We've got places to go. And, and so we like when other people show us patience. Um, when our doctor takes five minutes extra to answer our questions, we'll probably go home and tell people what a great doctor we have and how patient they are with their patients and, uh, and, and how they listen well and how they're knowledgeable and they seem to really care. And when we're in the waiting room, and it takes five minutes longer than we think it should, <laughs> we go up to the window and say, how long is it going to be? <laughs> They're like, well, you're coming at the end of the day, and our kind and patient doctor took five minutes extra with everybody. Yeah, we should get you in there in about an hour. And you go, that's fine. I'm a patient, Christian, godly person. I'll just sit here and wait. You see, we like to receive patience. 
There's a lot of things in the scripture that are like this. We like to receive grace. We like to receive mercy. We like to receive. But we're not so sure about the giving, are we? I think it's this natural self-centered view of time that reminds us why we need patience as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Um, I do think that it seems for some people that patience comes more easily than others. I remember driving through Indiana at some point, and there was a billboard, and it was advertising a website, and the website was called hotheads.com or something. And they had a picture of... If you know NASCAR, Tony Stewart was up there. And they had these, and I can't remember who else, he's from Indiana, but they they had pictures and and names of people that had a reputation for losing their cool. I never really went to the website. I don't know what the purpose of the website was, but they had a list of people that they regarded as hotheads. And they paid for a billboard to let everybody know about who these people are. They have a short fuse. They, uh, they get angry easily. If there was another billboard on the other side of the road that said patience.com, none of the, ones on the, none of the faces on the hothead sign are going to show up on the patience side, are they? They're kind of the two extremes. And so... Some of us are naturally, we sort of drift over to that hothead side. Right? We've got the short fuse side of the road. And others seem to, for some reason, they've just got this really long fuse. It doesn't mean there's no bang at the end of it, but they've got this really long fuse. And they just drift over here to the patient's side of the road. And... Um, that seems unfair. I'll be honest, it seems unfair that, that some people are, are that way. It's like they're born with the Holy Spirit over there, and these people, well, they, they, they're going to need an extra dose. But for all of us, it reminds us that we do need the Holy Spirit to give us patience. Because if we don't, we, we make ourselves first. We make our priorities first. We, we have the traffic part so that we can get where we go to. And it doesn't matter what every other car that moved out of our way, what their urgency or what their day is like. Right? What medical emergencies are going on around us as long as we can get there without having to tap our brakes. And, and so if that's our natural inclination then we need God in our lives to recalibrate us. To help us love our neighbors as ourselves. We read earlier from Colossians chapter 3. And this passage overlaps with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. I always picture Colossians 3 as... um, 
Anyone remember the old TV ad that uh, goes clap on, clap off? <laughs> right? Gets in your head and gets stuck there. And, uh, and I, th I picture if Paul had seen that TV ad, uh, he may have in incorporated it into this passage. Because uh, he, he, rather than using the image of fruit, he's using the image of clothing. And he's, he's like, okay, put off, put on. Put off, put on. You know? and, and, and he's got this sort of rhythm going of, of what is it that we as Christians, as God people, are to put off. And, and remember, in, in Galatians, we have the fruit of the flesh or the works of the flesh that precede the fruit of the Spirit. So it's the same concept, same thing that's happening here. And, um, and so in uh, Colossians, we see uh, in chapter 3, Verse 8, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Okay? He says, put those off. Um, he, he has some other things that he lists there. And then in verse 12, as God's chosen holy people dearly love, clothe yourselves, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put off. And put on. In verse 10, we find this comment about the new values that we're being clothed with, that we are putting on. He's writing to, to Christians. We need to remember that, okay? But he says in, in verse 10, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And so this is, this is a process. As I said, it's written to Christians. So he can say, you have put on a new self. And we're thinking, oh, I've put on a new self, right? I've got on a new suit. And now, when we get, an, I'm just speaking in theory here, but when we get a new suit, you know, we're, uh, it's finished. None of us would go to a store and buy a half-finished suit and walk around with it and say, I'll get to the other half later. Okay? We wouldn't do that with clothing. But it is what happens with God. Because God, we say, you have clothed yourself with God. Okay? But then it continues and says, this new self is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. It is being renewed. You have clothed yourself, and it is being renewed. Not that it, everything's accomplished already. See? Yes, you've done something significant, and now the work is still taking place. It's a process. Do you notice, though, how... It is that these Christians are being renewed in the image of our Creator. Okay? So the one who is creating us into this new self is crafting us into His image, the image of God. And each of these virtues are given to us by the Spirit. 
Each of these fruit, each of these pieces of clothing given to us by the Spirit because they come from God. They're who God is and who He's making us. They're who God is and who God is making us. I think of this as the difference between a rental property and owning your house. When you rent, you're willing to put up with things that aren't to your liking, right? as long as the price is right. Adjust the price sufficiently, and I'll put up with all sorts of things in my rental property. Okay? But when we get our own house, some of you can relate to this. It's like, I don't like this color, let's paint it a different color. Right? Before we move in, yeah, let's get it painted. Let's, uh, let's rip up the carpet. Who wants carpet? Let's, let's get rid of that. It's going to be floors. It's going to be, let, let's, uh, let's knock down that wall and, and have an open living plan. Like, I'm going to put my stamp on this house. Let's pull those shrubs out of the garden because I don't like shrubs. I want flowers. And, 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 and it doesn't matter what the previous owner liked. Right? The only thing that matters is what I like. Meanwhile, back at the rental property, the person has gone to the owner and said, can I hang a picture on my wall? <laughs> right? You start knocking down walls in a rental property, <clears throat> you'll become a homeowner real quick. <clears throat> and so God is making us into his image. Right? You see, God doesn't, we, we, there's no rental agreement between us and God. When we give our lives to Him, when we're baptized, when we die to self and rise to Him, when we join our lives to Him, we become members of His kingdom. It's an ownership that, that we belong to God. And so God begins the renovations. It's a new paint job. It's ripping out the carpet. It, it, it's uh, knocking down walls. Now, to be honest, there are things in, in our spiritual house, in our lives, that are like that cast iron bathtub, right? That nobody likes, but it's in our house. Because I think the house was built around the bathtub. Like they put the bathtub in the middle of a field and they said, right, that's in place. Now let's put the house around it. And there are things in our lives that are like those bathtubs. They're going to be there for a long time and nobody likes them. But they're familiar. We know how they work. And God says, I want to get that bathtub out of there. And we're like, yeah, we'll do the bathroom next year. Because it's going to involve lots of cutting and sharp tools and, and hard work to get that bathtub out of that house. And I don't want to go through that. But God has it on his to-do list. As he transforms us into his image. But God is doing this process patiently. In 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 15 through 17. We find this description of God's work in us. Here, he says, is a trustworthy saying, and it deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 
But for that very reason, I was shown mercy. So that, not so that I could go to heaven, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ displays his immense patience toward us. You see, Paul might have thought he was the worst of sinners, but he didn't know you. And he didn't know me. And if he did, he would say, that's not really a competition that I want to have. But there is no ranking of the worst of sinners. And so we can take ownership of this. We can say that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus shows his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. As an example to those around, God is patient with me. Yes, I benefit from that, but as an example to other people, because it's going to take me time. Whether it be ripping up carpet or pulling out bathtubs, it takes time to clap the stuff we're going to put off and clap the stuff we're going to put on. It takes more than a clap. And so Jesus is showing immense patience with us. And we show patience in our lives. We show patience to others because God's Spirit is at work in us, molding us into the image of our Father God. It's going to take some time. Do we have time for others? You see, sometimes the thing that God's working on in us is patience. He's like, I need a lot of patience to give that person patience. Right? That's how it works. But we want it to happen. We want to be molded into God's image. Now, to the King Eternal, to the King Immortal, to the King Invisible, to the only God, the one to whose image we are being molded, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.